Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live.
Welcome to the Waterman Files. Welcome to the Waterman Files. This is Dr. John Waterman coming to you from uh, deep inside the castle. And, of course, it's important for you to know you're not alone. I hope he's listening to this. We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much. So many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We're at the brink. We're at the brink. We're at the brink. Ground crew, you are not alone. We are in this together. You are not alone. You are not alone. Ground crew. You are not alone. Ground crew, you are not alone. Ground crew, you are not alone. We are in this together. You're not in this alone. That's the important thing, of course, to remember. I'm glad you're here. Today is January the 7th. And gosh, it's hard to say it, but it's 2000 and... uh, Fifteen, Isn't that amazing? Wow. Unbelievable. Today, just a couple of announcements. Uh, on the website, The Waterman Files, you'll see a post about the volcano stoves. We've got a special. They're usually 243. I've got all the info at the website. They're 198. We're offering this special, not through Thrive, but through simply your food. And it's our offer. So you could call 702-543-1828 to get that. 702-543-1828. We've got to talk some more pretty soon about Blur. But in the meantime, go over on the right-hand side column of the Waterman Files. Click under the privacy links on the word Blur and find out how you can encrypt your credit cards. Get free numbers to use <laughs> and cloak yourself so you can cloak those cards, cloak your wallet. You can even cloak your phone number and use a phone number that is not yours. There's all kinds of neat stuff there, um, and it's inexpensive, and you can cloak your email. I mean, you can just you can go underground. That's what it's all about. 
Of course, there is the remedy that I've been really excited about called Austinol. It was used by orthopedic surgeons when they were like, you know, setting legs and fixing people's bones and they were broken and stuff like that. And it was used in surgery to help knit and repair it and enhance stem cell growth. They've got two formulas, one for bone growth, and, of course, that helps with the density issues a lot of people have. But what's exciting is the stem. This is like a fourth-generation natural remedy. It hasn't been available as an oral supplement. It had to be administered during surgery. Now it's orally available. You can use it for, guess guess what? You can use it for um, arthritis and cartilage repair. So if you have a, a bad spot, a knee, a bad spot in your back, so forth, you can... This is just awesome stuff. It's not necessarily expensive, but it's not a cheap, inexpensive supplement. It is actually promoting stem cell growth of cartilage tissue to repair that bad knee, that elbow, those achy fingers are the first things that get relief, uh, bad back, shoulders, that kind of thing. So um, kind of excited about this. <clears throat> and I uh, just wanted you to know about that. And those things are all at the Waterman Files. Okay. Today, <laughs> make sure you've got you a hot cup of joe or tea or mocha, whatever you need. Uh, I, I just ordered mine. <laughs> Susan's getting mine. Uh, it's cold where our guest is, and it's, well, it's cold where I'm at, too, but it is colder probably there. Eli James is my guest today. How are you, Eli? Hi, doing good. Is it cold there? Uh, yeah, it's about 15 degrees, uh, and tomorrow the high is supposed to be 8, and the low is supposed to be minus 1, so it's getting, getting cold. Cold. Yeah. Ooh. Well, if the power goes out, that's why you need a volcano stove. Folks, we only have a few of those, but uh, just, you know, something to keep warm just in case, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, how you how how, how in the world, uh, well... You know, your temperature can rise when you're running from all those criminals that run around uh, Chicago streets, you know. Yeah. I guess there are just certain areas of Chicago that are not healthy to go into. Yeah, if you go through them, you got to run real fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's kind of the way it was in South Africa, too, in uh, you know, the various uh, black-controlled areas. Uh, it's very unhealthy for white people to be in those areas. Okay. Okay, we've and and that brings it up. Uh we're going to be talking today mostly about his trip, his recon mission. <laughs> yeah, to South Africa. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh you know, and it's incredible. You know, Eli, um we have so much news going on. Uh it's incredible. I mean, we have all the workings and goings-on of World War III ramping up via probably the Ukraine. Yes. But it's interesting that a billionaire in Russia has rubbed the Zog's nose into the mud by buying a Nobel Prize medal 
from a guy uh, that uh, discovered Watson, who discovered the DNA. Oh, really? Wow. Now, here's why he bought it. The guy is Russia's richest man did this. His name's Alisher Yusmanov. Uh, He's not uh, Jewish. Okay. uh, Oligarch. He got mad because what happened was Watson, um, in 2007, made a comment, and his comment... Now, this is an expert in DNA, right? Yeah. Uh, He made a comment about the IQ level of the genetic propensities uh, IQ level of the Africana not the Afri- not the white but the black africans right man that political statement it, it literally just he has been ostracized for 7 years and had all kinds of problems they have blistered him from research they have uh, slandered him. They have. Uh, they've just turned him into a poor man with no income. Uh, period. And so this guy <clears throat> bought this coin from him. This coin was his medal, basically. Right. You know, right. his Nobel Prize. He bought it for four point one million dollars. Now, of course, that's the that's Watson having to sell his Nobel Prize. Right. Um, now that's going to set him up for what he's wanting to do, uh, continue his research, so forth. Yeah. This miffed off this uh, guy in Russia, and so he bought it from him at uh, I, you know, one of those auction famous auction houses. I, I can't remember which one it was, Christie's or right or some. Then he turns around and he's going to give it back to him. Okay, <laughs> he's going to give it. He's going to give his medal. You know what the deal was. It was this man in Russia's statement saying, I'm tired of the crap. Right. And it is true. I mean, either a black man can jump higher than a white man or he can't. Mm-hmm. Now, why are we so biased about the truth? If you look inside, if a dentist looks inside a black man's mouth, it's different than a white man. Because in a, black, in a white guy's, there in the molar area, there's four uh, peaks on the corners. In a, in a black, in a black, it's five. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. In a black person, the muscle is longer, and, and in a white person, it's shorter. So, what does that allow? Well, it allows for a longer compression in a black person that allows them to extend the length of time they're pushing to jump okay. however in the in the white person since it's shorter it gives more strength over a shorter period of time so think of the scott you know he's right. he's Stand throwing up. the bag over the wall or he's throwing a telephone pole this burst of energy and a, and a black guy can't do that very well and the reason is they are physiologically different now why do we go crazy when we find out that we are also given different levels of ability mentally. You know, right. it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, and, uh, 
it's it's obvious everybody knows every scientist knows uh, any scientist who's not afraid to look at it that uh, the white brain is somewhat bigger uh, the frontal lobe area especially than the black brain and uh, that's so why, so yeah so we we literally have scientific data and his guy gets creamed for it I mean, okay, now let's use some of our brain power. Is it surprising to you, Eli, to find out today that Soros is the main candidate to become, guess what? Guess what he's going, you will, uh, it's, you could say it figures, and why didn't I think of that? But here's what it is. He's going to become head of the central bank in guess where? Uh, uh, Israel? Ukraine. Oh, Ukraine. Okay. Well, Israel, too. <laughs> because the Khazars have admitted that they're not Israelis, or Israelites, I should say. Right. And uh, they're planning on taking over Ukraine, because that's their ancient Khazarian homeland, at least certain parts of it. Well, sure it is. It's yeah. a part of that whole thing, yeah. So you're right. Uh, he's going to become the the first head of the central bank of the new Khazaria 2.0, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So you went to South Africa. There's a big story there. I don't think people understand what's going on. Why don't you kind of just tell us what we need to know historically in a brief uh, so that we'll know what you're going to tell us and why what you're going to tell us is important. Just kind of give us some kind of groundwork to get started on this thing in Africa. Yeah, well, let's start with the last uh, 20 years or so, and then we can back up uh, and why what's going on right now is important. Uh, It was about, uh, well, it was 1994 that the Mandela regime was formally instituted. Uh, His party, the African National Congress, was uh, nothing but a bunch of communists promoted by the United Nations, uh, international Jewry, and uh, all these other politically correct institutions with the promise that once a black regime would take power, then uh, equal rights would obtain for all races. Okay. Of course, the exact opposite has happened. Uh, What's happened is that white people are now being punished for being white. They're not allowed to hold jobs. They're uh, being forced to live in squatters' camps, and they're easy prey for rapists and murderers, uh, all because of this false propaganda that whenever you have a black regime, that a black regime will be more racially tolerant than us white supremacists, you know, in our white countries. Of course, this is a lot of hogwash. Uh, Those of us in the right wing have always known it's a lot of hogwash. In fact, I'm reminded of the statement by uh, Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King Jr. He said, don't judge people by the color of their skin, judge them by the content of their character. So all of these black racist regimes that come to power judge people, judge us by the color of our skin and uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, institute uh, you know, blatant uh, racial segregation, discrimination, and uh, a blatant racist uh, you know, attitude toward whites, and I would say also other other non-blacks as well. But obviously, the, the main target of attention is whites. You know, um, 
on a recent show, I don't know if it was my last one or the one before, I mentioned uh, where in the world did we get this idea that America is a multicultural uh, country? I mean, why is it supposed to be that? You know? Universities, yeah, the Jewish, Jewish-controlled universities. Well, it only became a multicultural when they started immigrating in, on Ellis Island. Then they came in and said, this is a multicultural country. Right. It didn't start a multicultural country. No, no. It wasn't until 1965 when Senator Jacob Javits, a Jew, uh, sponsored the uh, anti-white immigration bill under which uh, America has been laboring ever since. Okay, And it was that bill that opened the floodgates to non-white immigration into our country. And you can see for ever since 1965, before 1965, this, this nation was a paradise with very little crime, very little racism. But ever since, it's become a, a, a cesspool of all sorts of crime, moral degeneracy, uh, increased diseases, uh, welfare state communism, we have degenerated uh, by far a uh, hundred times worse than anything uh, that could be considered white ra- racism before 1965. Do you know the guy that just started a fairly recent radio show called the Mid- Caravan to Midnight? Uh, his no. name's John John Wells. Okay. Um, a lot of people will know who this is. Um. He was the guy that used to do the intro to Art Bell's show, you know, coast to coast. He had that real deep voice, coast to coast AM, and, you know, on the high desert, uh, you know, AM, you know. Anyway, he did that. And he was a radio voice that was hired all over the industry. He started his own radio show, and the other day he did uh, an interview, and and he quoted some stuff about the Boston Tea Party, and at the end of it, Eli, he mentioned something about the quote of these people that did the uh, from this Boston Tea Party. There came a quote. Okay, uh-huh. this this passage was quoted, and he didn't understand. He says it's kind of odd or peculiar. I can't remember what he exactly said about the last add-on to this quote where they were petitioning God to free Israel. He didn't get it. Uh-huh. And, you know, when you have people outside of our circle, I mean, you know, we're kind of like the kettle calling somebody black, right? So let's let John B. Wells quote the Boston Tea Party scenario and let history, our forefathers, and of course, I think it was um, Jefferson that did the party. And uh, let's let history talk about who we are. And uh, this is real important, Eli, so I'm going to play it. It's a real short thing. Okay. And uh, I want you to comment on this. It's really peculiar. It's, un- it's unfortunate he doesn't understand how significant the last part of this went. You'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about here. Let me play this. All right. Let me ramp up the volume here. Okay. It's, been, it's kind of been low, so I – okay, here we go. Selling American merchants. The citizens of Boston had had enough. On December 16, 1773, led by Samuel Adams, a band of patriots called, not Sons of Anarchy, Sons of Liberty, 
disguised themselves as Mohawk Indians, left the South Meeting House toward Griffin's Wharf, boarded the ships Dartmouth, Eleanor, and Beaver, and threw 342 chests of tea into the harbor. This was called, of course, the Boston Tea Party. The men of Marlborough, Massachusetts declared, Death is more eligible than slavery. A freeborn people are a few freeborn people are, are not required by the religion of Jesus Christ to submit to tyranny, and may make use of such power as God has given them to recover and support their liberties. We implore the ruler above the skies that he would bear his arm and let Israel go. That seemed like an odd addition, but then there it is. The odd addition he's talking about is that the ruler above the skies he was implored to let Israel go. In other words, hello, the same right. thing was said on the Scottish Declaration of Independence twelve that's said in that passage and oftentimes other parts of that document are quoted, but not this part. 1,200 years ago, our ancestors left Egypt and they ended up in Scotland. Right. So, so, you know what? We've lost this knowledge. So, how does this impact what's going on in Africa and America? Well, I mean, it's not a multicultural... It's not, I didn't know that America was supposed to be multicultural. <laughs> no, neither did I, and it's not supposed to be. Uh, as, a matter, as a matter of fact, the, uh, early, the earliest founders of America, going all the way back to the pilgrims, referred to themselves as Israel. And the, the knowledge of our people as the lost tribes of Israel, has, is, we've only lost that in very recent history. And uh, even in South Africa, while I was there, they, uh, in a town called Vitbank, I was shown one of the early documents of the Boer people in which they refer to themselves as Israel. Okay, So this knowledge that we, the Caucasian people, are in fact the Israelites of the Bible is absolutely crucial to understanding the Bible. And if you don't understand that the Caucasians are in fact the Israelites and that the Jews are in fact the Edomites and Canaanites of the Bible pretending to be Israel, and all this is, uh, fulfills biblical prophecy, then you really don't understand the Bible at all, and then you really can't solve the problems that we have uh, in the world today because it's very obvious that the Jews, with their various organizations, and I just mentioned Jake, Jacob Javits, are the mm -hmm. ones promoting multiculturalism and are promoting the flood of non-white immigrants into our white countries specifically. They know that we are Jacob Israel, and this is Esau, they're representatives of Esau, and they still hold Esau's grudge against Jacob, uh, that is us, uh, unto death. They hate us unto death, and that's why they, you know, that's why they created communism, that's why they created multiculturalism, and that's why they created this quote-unquote anti-racist uh, agenda, which of course only white people are defined as racist, used to be racist no matter how many people they kill in Palestine and in their arranged wars. You know, so we have this gigantic hypocritical war machine run by global Jewry 
that is uh, intended and designed to destroy white people, maximize white people's deaths uh, in any war, any revolution, et cetera, et cetera. And if you really look at history, starting with World War I especially, you will see that millions upon millions upon millions of white people have been slaughtered in these wars, while the Jews have gotten by relatively unscathed. Of course, the Holocaust is pure fiction, and it never happened, okay? So, but of course, they throw that in our faces and blame us, and they blame Christianity for the so-called Holocaust, which never happened, and which the Zionists actually sponsored, because what they were actually doing is they were paying the Nazis to put Jews on boats to send them to Israel because they needed they needed bodies to uh, create their abandoned state. So, you know, and- Eli, I was I'm one mouth away, one mouth away from one of the judges of the Nuremberg trials. Do you remember me talking about Frank, the guy that mentored me, yeah. the counter espionage guy in the military for forty five? His father. Uh, was legal attaché in Berlin when World War II broke out, and he then became an uh, uh, intel agent for U.S. forces. But when the war ended, he was a judge on the Nuremberg trials, and he wasn't real happy with a lot of the uh, the baloney going on at the trials. Uh-huh. So you can imagine some of the stories that he and... Uh, Frank and his family got and what they told me. And of course, I met uh, uh, the judge's wife. He'd pa- his dad had passed away, but I met his wife, knew his mother quite well. Uh, Frank's got all kinds of info that he, you know, revealed to me about the Nuremberg trials. Okay. It, it's it, and you know what? I don't know. There's probably there might be a handful of people on the planet that that have this kind of info, and it isn't anything like we've been told. Mm-hmm. Not even the trials were actually <clears throat> what we've been told, and you can imagine why. Sure. But, the, but, but because we don't know that we're not supposed to be a multicultural nation here in America is because we don't know who we are, but it also doesn't just affect America. It's affecting South Africa and all our all these other nations, how does this connect? I mean, how tell us how it connects to South. I mean, they did the same thing to the South Africans, didn't they? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, they, okay. Let's get back into the early early days of South Africa and the Boer people. The Boer people are primarily of Germanic stock, uh, with some Dutch and a little French and a little bit of English thrown in, but primarily a Germanic farmer stock who uh, settled in the uh, of Southern Africa in the days of the Dutch East India Company. And this didn't dis- and this didn't displace any like native tribe or anything. No, it was No, it didn't. no there, there were only two tribes there, the Hottentots and the Pygmies, and the very few of them they were kind of scattered all over the territory in mm-hmm. tribal fashion just like the American Indians here in America. So it wasn't stealing land from the Zulu or anything like that? Oh, absolutely not. The Zulu uh, were much further north. And, in fact, the Zulu were making war against other black tribes. In fact, the extermination-type wars against other black tribes when the Boer people had finally encountered them and had their war against the Zulu. But uh, before that happened, before that happened, the British 
East India Company took the place of the Dutch East India Company, and the British East India Company ultimately, uh, with the British British military, tried to force the Boer people under their jurisdiction, and the Boer people said, "No, we're not British. We're we're Germans, <laughs> and we're farmers." Sounds like the and colonists, it, huh? <laughs> exactly the same thing. The British Empire tried to impose its will upon the Boer people. And they fought several skirmishes, and then the Boer people decided, well, we're not interested in fighting a war against these people. Let's move north. Okay? So that's what they did. That's the four trekkers, which is their equivalent of our pioneers who moved west. Okay? But incidentally, also in covered wagons, just like the original Israelites of uh, 745 B.C., who came from what's today called Armenia, uh, crossed over the, uh, the the pass of Israel in the Caucasus Mountains, came down the other side, uh, built a lot of covered wagons, and migrated north and west from there. Okay, so our people have been migrating in covered wagons for centuries, for millennia, actually. So uh, uh, we have this very parallel history between the Boer of South Africa and, of course, the American pioneers fleeing, British tyranny, okay? So uh, ultimately, the British followed them and uh, tried to uh, constantly put them under the auspices of the British Empire. The Boer people absolutely refused. The Boer people actually, after the um, Battle uh, of Blood River, in which they defeated the Zulu, uh, had established two republics, the Orange Free State and the Transvaal, which in which they governed themselves. But nevertheless, the British kept on pursuing the the Boer people and militarily uh, made war against them. Uh, The first concentration camps were actually death camps created by the British when they uh, rounded up the Boer women and children and starved them to death and uh, let them die of exposure out in the open uh, to the tune of somewhere around 30,000 women and children were wow. murdered in this fashion by the British Empire. Okay? So it was the British who invented death camps, not the Germans. And these British were under the tutelage of various Jews, especially the House of Rothschild, and Cecil Rhodes, who was a member of a secret society of which the Rothschilds were also members, and, of course, you have uh, various uh, British, Jewish, and even German Jewish uh, entrepreneurs who uh, monopolized the gold and diamond trade, basically stealing that territory away from the Boer people by making war against them. Okay? So uh, the real reason for the British invasion uh, was to take all of that uh, diamond uh, territory and gold territory away from the Boer farmers who had made it part of their national territory in both the Orange Free State and the Transvaal. So it is nothing but pure uh, animalistic terrorism by the British Empire and their Jewish masters. Okay? That, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the short history of how the Boer people have been uh, terrorized and, you know, and, uh, and basically genocided for several centuries now, of course. Uh, of course, America uh, has only gotten this treatment uh, since 1965. 
but the poor, more people uh-huh. have had this treatment uh, inflicted upon them by the British Jewish Empire, you know, for 300 years. Now, I guess this would be after the Rothschilds had made their money on the Napoleon uh, conflict and, you know, saying that they were going to win, and then all of a sudden it, they lost, and, of course, the Rothschilds made all kinds of money, right? So right. this well, was after... This would have yeah. been after they took control of London Bank or the Bank of England, right? The Bank of England, uh, uh, Nathan Rothschild became head of the Bank of England in 1812. Okay. And, okay, and then we had our War of 1812 against the British for the same reason. The Jewish-British Bank of England uh, you know, uh, tried to impose its will upon America because the first mm-hmm. bank in the United States charter was only 20 years long. It expired. And the Rothschilds wanted to subdue America because they they wanted our money. They wanted our economic system. They wanted to run it through their private bank, which they do have now with the Federal Reserve System. Okay. But the reason for the War of 1812 was because the first bank of the United States charter had run out. And I think James Madison was the president. Okay. And uh, he refused to renew the charter. So uh, the Rothschilds, instigated another war against us. And it was <laughs> the British Bank of England, the Jewish Bank of England. That was that 18? When was that? That was 18. Oh, was that the, go ahead, yeah. you're cutting out. Yeah, go ahead uh, and say it again. Yeah, uh, the, it was the War of 1812 uh, was instigated by the Bank of England under the Rothschilds, and <laughs> the American Revolution was caused by the Bank of England, the Jewish Bank of England, because they refused to allow the American colonies to have their own money. Right, right. Now, you know what? More contemporary, bringing it up, and then we'll go back to the Africa thing. Yeah. Soros going into the Ukraine, of course, that's the whipping, uh, that's the little tail of the dog they're wanting to destroy, which is Russia. Right. Um, And... I just found out uh, a serious attempts been made to assassinate Putin, uh, supplied by NATO money, or well, you might as well say uh, uh, central bank money, right? Yes. And uh, <clears throat> how this really works out for the future and where, what it really implies, Eli, you've got to know who you are, don't you? I mean, you won't know who you are. If you don't, you don't realize that we're facing a war against us here in America. I mean, you know, we have two meanings to the word of the two witnesses. The two witnesses were, uh, you know, effectively witnessing for a while, then they die, then they were resurrected. We could also say that, you know, that was representative of Israel, right? The the Israelites, not, not Jews, but Israelites. Right. But you know what? It could also be representative of Ephraim and Manasseh, which really are the kingpins of the house of Israel because they were kind of put a little bit higher above their brothers because of what they did to Joseph, you know? Right. They they got a little bit of, they got into a little bit of trouble for throwing Joseph in the hole. <laughs> right. And selling their little brother off to yeah, it turned into, he ended up being a slave in Egypt, right? Well, it didn't yeah. work out too good for them because uh, historically now they're kind of, not that they're not part of the family, but they don't have the scepter and they don't have the birthright. They've shared with the 
Ephraim and Manasseh tribes, though. I mean, it's not to say they haven't been there with them, especially in America. Right. But those could have been the two witnesses, too. But those two witnesses are going to be killed. And basically, Britain and America are going to be attacked. Yeah, well, Britain and America, Joseph's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, uh, have become the English-speaking world of Israel, okay? So it was those two tribes, Ephraim and Manasseh, that took root in Britain and America and in somewhat different proportions. But nevertheless, it's still Ephraim and Manasseh, and it's the Ephraim and Manasseh tribes that are the English-speaking Israelites of the world. And, of course, here in America, all the other ten tribes have settled here as well and become English-speaking. But the other sure. tribes yeah, the other tribes uh, were still in mainland Europe, the Dutch being Holland, the sure, Germans, sure. Judah, uh, the, the, what's the uh, – I'm trying to name of the uh, – think of the name of it, Jutland, the Jutland Peninsula. Oh yeah, yeah. That was uh, north. That okay. sticks out in the on the north side of Germany, doesn't it? Right, right. So you can see yeah. where the Israelite tribes located themselves simply by looking at the names, the place names of all these European uh, mountains, hills, and countries and rivers. Okay. And of, and of course, I was metaphorically speaking. I'm not trying to do theology here. I'm just saying, you know, Ephraim had the birthright. They had the wealth, which back right. then was known as land, and that, that's America, you know. Exactly. And, and, the, scepter, and, and the scepter was the, the monarchs, and that's, of course, the monarch isn't in America. It's in Britain. So. Right, right. Well, originally, uh, Reuben would have been the scepter. See, the way it works is the eldest son always gets the double portion of inheritance, and all of his uh, younger brothers... Uh, get a smaller inheritance, okay? So mm-hmm. if Joseph was given a double inheritance, he was, number one, he was given two sons. Uh, Jacob actually adopted those two sons for himself. And well, that's because his, the, his dad, the dad was purportedly dead, right? Well, uh, this was before uh, Jacob died. Just, in fact, it was just before Jacob died that he adopted uh, Joseph's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, for himself. And, and oh, her. so then he had already been reunited with his yeah. son then. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. This happened very briefly before <clears throat> Jacob died. Okay. So, so the story goes, folks, Joseph was reported to his father, their father, as being dead. They faked their brother's death. He gets right. sold off or bought off into, brought off into Egypt as a slave. Then the whole family ends up in Egypt. They reunite, and that's where Eli is saying that Joseph's family got a double blessing, is basically what you're saying here. Yes, yeah, and, uh, okay. and Jacob basically gave Joseph the scepter. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, not the scepter, but the birthright. The scepter was given to Judah, that is, the uh, kingly dynasty was given to Judah, which are two separate categories. However, those two lines of descent... Uh, combined actually in the British Empire, and that's why the British Empire has oh, I see the, what you're saying, yeah. the unicorn of Joseph and the Lion of Judah in its imperial arms, okay? Oh, I, I see. And, and, and then we hopped, we hopped over to the, the bridge over the Atlantic, and we end up with a huge right. birthright. Okay. 
Right. So uh, the American people are essentially Ephraim and Manasseh plus a large proportion of Judah. The German people being Judah, there are at least uh, 50 million ethnic Germans here in America, uh, most of whom are of Judah and Simeon. And then mm. you know, we have the Danes, who are, of course, the, the tribe of Dan. We have uh, you know, what Holland. was South Africa? Do you know what South Africa was? Well, again, yeah. I, I just mentioned that the South Africa, the Boer people, uh, the South African whites are primarily a mixture of French Huguenots, and France would be Reuben, uh-huh. and Dutch being uh, the Dutch being Holland, uh, you know, would be uh, Zebulon. And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. okay. And then uh, we have the British, you know, being Ephraim and Manasseh, and of course the Boer themselves, being Germans, being Judah and Simeon. Because what happened was that uh, uh, Simeon mixed itself, uh, had a separate territory, but was within the territory of Judah when the twelve tribes took over Palestine. Okay. The war so, on us. The war on us has been relentless. Yes. It, it, it's just, you know, same stuff with a different name. Uh, it might be communism one time. It might be something else the next, you know? Yes. It's just like down there when you were talking in South Africa, when Mandela got installed, there was a guy that writes a newsletter. His name was McIlvaney. You know about McIlvaney yeah. News, right? Right. I, used to I think they call it, yeah, it was a good newsletter. I mean, yeah. he had some really, it was written real well. It was an investment, but it was called the Intelli- McIlvaney Intelligence Report or something. Right, exactly. About a, about a decade before Mandela was released, he had gotten information saying that Mandela would be released from prison and made uh-huh. the leader of South Africa. Right. So there had been plans all along. Yes. Yeah, and... Uh, uh... Most of the uh, c- true conservatives in South Africa smelled a rat, and even uh, Senor Van Rensburg, the South African prophet, the Boer prophet, predicted that as well. He said that there would be, he made this prediction in 1912, that there would be a black man who would go to Russia. And this was before the oh, really? communism, so Van Rensburg would not have been familiar with the term communism. He said this black man would go to Russia, which, of course, the Soviet Union, which was Jewish Bolshevism, where uh, he would learn, uh, he would come back from Russia and become president of South Africa. And that's exactly what happened. That's where Mandela went to the Soviet Union and uh, <laughs> invited there by the Jewish Bolsheviks, uh, taught him how to be a... a like Jewish, Obama. <laughs> like Exactly. Like a Jewish puppet. And he came back, and of course, the United Nations and all of these other Zionist Jewish organizations uh, put a, a boycott of all South African goods and put all kinds of pressure on the people of South Africa to elect a black regime, and that's ultimately what happened. It was all international pressure from the outside, nothing but a continuation of the race war against the Boer people, which had been going on for hundreds of years. So you went there um, recently. Uh, what's what's it like? What's going on? Yeah, well, I had gotten a, you know an idea of what it was like from the, the friends that I have made there over the years because I've been doing a multitude of shows on the subject on my talk shows. 
and that uh, the Boer people especially have been victimized by anti-white terrorism and genocide. Of course, most of our listeners would be familiar with the farm murders that uh, the ANC regime has simply promoted the killing of white farmers on their farms because they're basically helpless people by black thugs. And uh, and up to 20,000 white farmers have been murdered in such in such a way to date. Also, that's a thousand. That's a thousand a year. You know, you take that yeah. time, divide that by fifty, folks, and that's how many a week were getting killed over the last ten years. Right. For ten years. Yeah, and this is the policy of the black racist communist regime <clears throat> of the ANC. Okay, now nobody's complaining in the international press. You don't hear any complaints from the United Nations that this genocide is going on. But actually, while the apartheid regime of uh, the white person was in power in South Africa, blacks in South Africa had the highest uh, quality of life of any blacks on the planet. In fact, blacks from all over Africa were flooding into South Africa just to improve their, their lot in life. That's how evil the white apartheid regime was. Okay? So... Now, they, they never, the white apartheid regime never systematically murdered people as this black ANC regime is doing. In fact, the, uh, what the white apartheid regime was trying to do was establish independent black republics where these blacks could have their own country and govern themselves. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know, what's wrong with that? Why shouldn't these... See, that's all the white people of South Africa. We just want our own republic for our own people. But no, you can't have that. You must mix your race with that of the blacks. This is what the Jewish verdict against the poor people has been. And that's yeah, why yeah. Jews have supported the, the anti-apartheid regime from day one. Okay, now you can see that the same thing is happening in America. Uh, uh, Ferguson, Missouri is a perfect example of how blacks have been the trained to become haters of the white race and, uh, you know, become terrorists. Now, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. any who commits random acts of violence for a political purpose are terrorists. And that's what these blacks in Ferguson, Missouri, and in other places around the country, you can include the flash mobs, the black groups that go around and attack white people indiscriminately, and the knockout game, which is usually black thugs, targeting white people who unsuspectingly get bashed in the head or in the face or or clubbed with a club, uh, not suspecting anything, just standing around being innocent, and a black person will come in and knock them out. Several white people have died because of this. Again, the the Jew media says absolutely nothing about these types of incidents. If they do report on these incidents, it's always to say, oh, well, there's a group of teenagers you know, got out of hand and, you know, ransacked the store and maybe punched a couple of white people in the face. Uh, they, but they never get specific about the race of the of the, the knockout people and the flash yeah. mob. Well, it's always black against white. Okay. Yeah. So, so how, 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 how are they? How are they working? Yeah, go ahead. What's the future look like then for well, the... Okay. 
this this brings us back to South Africa because America mm-hmm. is going to be just like that if we don't take matters into our own hands, which we're going to have to do because the government is totally in control by Jews. First of all, when I got there, the there uh, I landed at the airport and we checked into a bed and breakfast, but there was no electric power, and the reason <laughs> why there's no electric power is because the uh, national uh, electric uh, company, ESCOM, is controlled by corrupt blacks who steal so much money from the company that they don't pay their coal bill, okay? So they have these periodic blackouts that are sometimes... They can't even manage to be good crooks. I mean, how do you make money without getting payments for your coal? They don't even understand it, you know? Well, they're so, you know, these black uh, bureaucrats are so corrupt and crooked and uh, selfish and greedy that uh, they don't care if the system works or not, okay? So, uh, in fact, the the people of South Africa are expecting ESCOM to completely fail very soon because the corruption is so bad. But in any case, uh, this... Well, there goes the egg, there goes the the goose that lays the golden egg. They're so (laughs) stupid. I mean, this goes back to Watson's... A statement about the IQ. That's right. You know, you might have this goose that's laying a golden egg, but why would you shoot it in the head? Because it's only going to be for a little short time you'll have that money. Why not make gobs of money but not steal it from your goose and have it for a long time? They can't even be good crooks. Well, like, they, they uh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, at least, uh, you know, like uh, like the mafia knows that you got to keep the business going. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. these black criminals don't have that much intelligence to, to realize that they're going to cut their own throats if they don't at least keep the machinery of ESCOM running, okay? But uh, that's basically what happens. You know, Detroit is another example of black rule. And wherever you have a, a city where there's a black mayor or a country where there's a black president, <laughs> you have the exact same scenario developing. The corruption becomes so rife. Uh, and so uh, the, the country festers from so much corruption that uh, anarchy always obtains. So and you were in a bed and breakfast without any power because of all this. Right. We had to check in by candlelight. Okay. Um, did it ever come on? Yeah, it came on about uh, an hour later. And uh, so uh, it was probably just a generator <laughs> that uh, blew but they said, see, the way ESCOM is run right now, they don't maintain any of the uh, infrastructure. They just wait until it breaks, and then they send a crew out to fix it. Okay. Well, you know what? That's just like uh, – it's kind of like, like Eastern Washington, Europe. It's like Washington, D.C. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, in the Eastern Europe, when it was under Bolshevik communist rule, mm-hmm. which would have been Jewish Bolshevism, Marxism, right. uh, what they would do is they would still make people pay bills, but they would cut off their water for a day or two. They'd cut off the electricity, usually during church services. Right. If, they were, if you were trying to do some secret meeting, they knew about what day was. So they'd just turn off the entire town. We don't know where you're meeting in town, so we're just going to turn off your power. Well, they had little committees in these secret meetings where they would already get up, have their candles ready, and they had an assignment to turn on the candles when the the power went out. So it wasn't like they were getting anything done. But what happens is they just provide less service, see, for two or three days. 
they still paid the bills so they could continue to supply the water or the coal, need the coal for the electricity, but they would just make the people still pay even though they didn't get the electricity. They'd make them pay. Sure. And and that's ruthless. That's even more ruthless. I mean, at least you wouldn't be using electricity on a meter. You wouldn't have to pay it. But there in Russia, you paid a certain amount whether you got it or not. And same with Eastern Europe when it was under Bolshevik communist rule. That's right. Well, that's what and, it is. And, and, it is. and we'd run into it all the time, We'd uh, just like you had. Power goes out, comes back on. I'll tell you what, there's nothing, Eli, there's nothing like uh, having been w- uh, a couple weeks without a bath. <laughs> Right, your way, or you're washing out of a sink, you know, and yeah. you finally get your opportunity to to uh, turn on a stove and with wood and heat the water up with this wood, and you're going to take a hot bath, and you're filling it up. It gets about an inch deep in the bathtub, and then the water stops. Right. Yeah, <laughs> the hot water gets cold. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, uh, that's that's just a minor problem. What, what if the, what if the power goes out for a couple of days, and there's exactly. no there's no power to run the gasoline pumps at the gas station? And that's uh, exactly okay. So so what I, by by the way was our our, our uh, friend that was uh, here in the states was he with you? Did you get to see him? Uh, no, I didn't uh, get to meet with him. He was uh, in another part of the country about a thousand kilometers from where I was at. Oh, wow. So, and he's kind of on the QT anyway, isn't he? Well, yeah, because, well, because uh, you met him, that's Hein Boonsire, and uh, he, of course, uh, was here in America trying to get airtime to promote the cause of the white race in South Africa and, and explain to people how this uh, communist black racist regime was murdering whites indiscriminately and with impunity. And so uh, this is a subject that the American media never discusses because, of course, the Jews control our media and uh, n- never you know, they never point out anything that's happening against white people in our media. Never, absolutely never. So that subject is taboo, which shows the hypocrisy of the American media and the Jewish-controlled media all over the world, okay? They simply ignore crimes that are committed against white people across the board. Okay. That's simply the way the so-called American and international Jewish-controlled media operates. Okay. And, for example, even uh, Sumner Redstone, uh, I thought, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah his, his real name is Rothstein. Which <laughs> is, so it's just an anglicized version of Rothstein, which is his Jewish name. It, it changed it to Redstone because that's what uh, it means in German. Okay. And that's what it means in Jewish. So we have all of these Jews totally in control of our media, totally in control of our government, totally in control of our economic system, uh, telling us who to fight against in wars, et cetera, et cetera. And they they have created a government of the planet called the Jew World Order or the United Nations, by which they manipulate all countries to the detriment of white people. And you can see it's yeah. happening in France, too, yeah. you know, because the Jews are behind the importation of, of Islam into France. Mm-hmm. And they've been having riots in France lately with the cars being torched by these Muslim activists, et cetera, et cetera. 
And you can see that uh, this anti-white race war created by the Jews is heating up. It's heating up very, very high. And it's only a question of time before white people get angry enough to start fighting back. There was a uh, there was a release of information by a a media company that wasn't controlled by them. Of course, if I told you it was, you wouldn't even know who they were. But um, they have uncovered <clears throat> U.S. agencies and people in non-governmental organizations in the U.S. and you can guess who? Yeah, that were involved in. Um, causing problems in the elections for freedom and separation in Scotland recently. You know, the the vote that they had in last September. Right. Then it comes to find out there's about uh, hundreds of pages of uh, unclassified information now that they had to get through the Freedom of Information Act where Scotland was asking America for help because of the problems they were encountering trying to keep the voting um, fair. Mm-hmm. They were begging. They were begging for help. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the wrong country. <laughs> yeah, they went, to, they, went to the wrong, they, they went to the wrong help, didn't they? Yeah, if right. They'd, if they'd have gone to Putin, it might have been uh, successful. Right. You know? <laughs> the election, right. Yeah. Well, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Because, uh, you know, just driving around the country uh, after, uh, actually before we checked into the bed and breakfast, uh, my guide took me on a tour. And uh, by the way, I'm going to have an interview with him. His name is David Martins. Uh, A week from Sunday, he's going to be my guest on the uh, Voice of Christian Israel on Eurofolk Radio. Okay. Oh, okay. Eurofolkradio.com. And he's going to explain the Freemasonry connection to the uh, genocide against white people. And uh, what he and other Boer have found out is that the Freemasons have infiltrated just just about every political organization and have been doing the dirty work for the Jews. And what we're talking about here is white race traders who subvert and destroy any attempt by the Boer people uh, to establish or, re, or regain their white national independence, okay? And I had right. no idea until I made this trip how serious the Freemasons are involved in all of this. Okay. Well, you know, you know, trying to homogenize a country is actually an oxymoron to this thing called multicultural. That's right. I mean, you can't have multicultural unless you have multi. Culture, but it's yeah. So, but it's monoculturalism. That's exactly it's it's mislabeled because they're not trying to make a multicultural nation. They're trying to homogenize it into, like you say, a monoculture. And you know what that does? It destroys a culture. Right. Of course it does. And that's that. That's where I think the actual fight is. I think that's where we're really uh, yeah. we're being uh, deceived on what the 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 fight really is. Eli, yeah. we're at the top. We're at the top of the hour. I always like to take a break, so I can put this into two parts. 
Okay. And uh, why don't we take about a, a two minute break here? Okay. Very something good. Something like something like that. Yeah. And uh, we'll uh, <clears throat> we'll put some music on, and we'll be right back after this. Be right back. You stand there with your hand out, demanding that I pay the money that I work for. At least that's what you say. But what gives you that power? Who died and made you boss? I'm barely getting by today. I can't afford that loss. So if you don't show some legal obligation that I'd pay, put your hand back in your pocket, turn around and go away. There are folks who rot in prison because they didn't pay. And the troubles that the families have, well, they just won't go away. So many generations have had to live in fear. They dig and scrape and struggle to pay income tax each year. I've got a peaceful nature, and I don't like to fight. But you're pushing us against the wall. Cause you won't do what's right, show me the law. on my gasoline and for my property a tax on all the things I buy and when I go out to eat Sherry Jackson, Aaron Russo Eddie Brown and Rock and Rose Erwin Schiff and Joseph Bannister showed we all paid through the nose there are millions that have seen freedom to fascism this year I suggest you turn around and get your butt right out of here 2,000 pages in a book the IRS's code When you read it very carefully You'll find that nothing's old I did a little research Till I found income to find Well I ain't no corporation So leave that argument behind Yeah you can stick your chest out You can prance and you can strut But you better do it someplace else Before I kick your butt Show me the law You're listening to The Waterman Files. This is Dr. John Waterman, my guest today here on January the 7th, 2005. No. <laughs> yes, yes. It's just real hard. It's real hard to say, isn't it? It's just amazing. You know, gosh, it's just, you know, when... We were kicking around, uh, you know, around 2000, you know, and in the 90s, even the 80s, the satellite seven, you know, doing the, what we're doing. Uh, it, it's hard to think, Eli, that uh, we would be on the radio <laughs> in 2015. You know, it's not that we'd be on the radio, but we <laughs> that but, but that we have an increase in the same problems. And that all of a sudden, boom, here we are, 2015. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, uh, praise Yahweh for the, for giving us the Internet, uh, because without the Internet, we would not be able to cut through the veil of Jewish deceit. You know, that's, in, that, that's a good, uh, good point. Uh, I think it became um, 
that two-edged sword. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I keep trying to help people find out uh, the privacy. You know, for example, go to Unseen, folks. Go to Unseen, U-N-S-E-E-N dot I-S. Sign up for a free account. You can get, we open up the chat room there, too. And the name of the chat room, if you want to join the group, it's called Ground Crew, with a capital G. If you request to be added, I'll add you. It's an encrypted chat room. Now, there's been all kinds of stuff. We could go into a two-hour program about unseen, but uh, suffice it to say that it's at least safer than a lot of the other chat rooms. But we have that. We send files back and forth to each other, stuff like that. It offers us a little bit more control over things. So if you're listening to this, sign up for unseen, UNS. And you go to the Waterman Files, thewatermanfiles.com. You can click on the right-hand column. There's a free you can click the link to get free, this free thing, okay? Set yourself up an account. Eli, you've got a couple of websites. Why don't you give those out? Yeah, you might I, have more. <laughs> yeah uh, I've got three now, and uh, the main <laughs> one is www.anglo-saxonisrael.com. That's the website devoted to the Christian identity message, proving that the Caucasian people are, in fact, the Israelites of the Bible and the Jews are imposters who have no Israelite blood in them whatsoever, but they're a combination of Edomites, Canaanites, and Khazars, all three of which are non-Israel, non-Shemitic people. Then uh, there's killthebank.net, which is devoted to exposing Jewish banking practices from about 2,500 years ago in ancient Babylon to show how they, the Jews control international finance and use that power to control nations and direct us into wars, uh, create communist revolutions, uh, and uh, the promote the drug culture throughout the world, too. And then now recently, uh, www.eurofolkradio.com, which is, uh, you know, and you and I actually tried a couple of years ago, a few years ago, starting our own radio station, but the technology was still too cumbersome then. That was right. called U-Radio, as you may recall. Uh, and so I've right, been right. very busily uh, searching for an alternative, and we finally found it. And uh, my webmaster is in London. He's the one taking care of all of the technical details. But we do have our completely uncensored radio network now. It's called EurofolkRadio.com. So I encourage everybody to go there and listen. In fact, this show will probably be archived there uh, you know, in, a, in a few hours after today's uh, program. You know, Eli, I'd uh, love to. Uh, in fact, to folks, I was invited to be there. I'm just too hard-headed about Skype, and that's so. I figured something out after you talked to me, Eli, today. Uh huh. I think I'm going to do a fundraiser so I can get a second computer so that I can put like Skype on it. Okay. Uh huh. Because that way, there won't be anything it can data mine. <laughs> Right. I can be able to do these radio shows where they're requiring Skype, which I don't like. Uh-huh. And then I can put all my other stuff on the other computer, like this radio show and everything that we do. 
Yeah. And and that will kind of separate them from the different machines because Skype folks, data mines, they don't just record your call and your chats and your information. They actually have program in it that data mines and finds out all your stuff on your computer and that's why I won't uh that's why I won't use it. So yeah, I think uh, I'll just get one committed just to doing that. So yeah, Skype used to be secure, but that was before it was purchased. I think Microsoft bought it out. Right, and right. So it's no longer secure. Right. Yeah. But so uh, maybe maybe they can stream uh, some of the stuff uh, from the Waterman files, and maybe we can put a show on there if I get me another right. computer then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a hard-headed Scott. Sorry. I'm just, you know. <laughs> Yeah, fortunately, there's a lot of hard-headed Scots and Germans and Irishmen and Englishmen. Because <laughs> uh, if there weren't, uh, you know, our race would be dead already. But uh, <laughs> let's get back to South Africa because you bet. Uh, it's not just ESCOM and it's not just power outages. Uh, driving through the towns, uh, as I was saying, my guide drove me through a couple of uh, smaller cities of uh, South Africa. Well, we went through Pretoria, which is actually one of the bigger cities, but he drove me through the Black Ghetto, which was just really a pit from hell. And uh, the the streets were swarming with out-of-control, disorderly blacks who uh, simply, you know, very few of them work. You know, I think uh, the unemployment situation in South Africa has got to be really bad, much worse than it is here in America. Uh, the the blacks all get welfare. White people do not get welfare. Uh, white people are forbidden to get welfare. So are you they, kidding me? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, white people cannot get welfare and they can't get jobs either. So if they happen to lose the job they've had, they are out on the street or they have to move out of the country. This is how racist the ANC regime is. And Holy so, cow. Yeah. Now, now, the way the welfare state works is that uh, and many of these blacks are, are living in squatters' camps themselves because the government really can't build them. Uh, you know, who's going to build the houses? You know, these blacks don't have the, um, you know, the talent to build these houses. So the way it works is there's a, like a Brinks truck that goes around to these squatters' camps at the beginning of the month. And uh, th- these black, these uh, non-working blacks line up behind the, the Brinks truck. And then there's a, uh, a a pad that sticks out the back of the truck where they put their thumbprint. And then their thumbprint is their, you know, uh, their signature. And then a, a certain amount of money spits out of the, the, the truck. And that's their monthly welfare payment. Okay. That's how it works. Now, there have been really? cases. Yeah, and there's been cases where one black will kill another black, cut the guy's thumb off, and use that to collect more welfare. Uh, 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 uh. Are you there? How civilized they are. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, then the only part of the economy that's really working is the gigantic malls that they have built. These malls are highly secure. They've got big walls around them. Uh, you know, they would have, like, Woolworths is, like, the biggest chain. It's the uh, kind of like the American version of Sears. 
where uh, is the back wall of the big uh, shopping buildings are kind of like also they double as a wall preventing people from getting in. And then where they have the parking lots, they have very high walls with razor blade wire and gates and security personnel, you know, watching to make sure that no thugs come in and start disturbing people. Because if they start disturbing, if these rampaging blacks start disturbing commerce in the malls, then their their economy is going to suffer dramatically, okay? So uh, the ANC regime, what they do is they hire make-work blacks who stand around in the parking lots and guide people in and out of parking spaces, okay, as if people can't do that on their own. But this is kind of like the make-work project. They, they hire black people to do this. In other words, they're just standing around all day long, and they occasionally wave a, a – a car in or out of a parking space. That's their job, okay? So this is the kind of stuff that's going on. And without these malls, the, uh, the the black economy, the black regime economy would collapse, all right? And so they have to be really careful not to allow these disorderly blacks to go in there and disrupt the commerce of the malls. So it's those malls, which are kind of like havens of commerce, uh, where the rest of the society, the rest of the countryside is like the night of the living dead with zombies, black zombies roaming around, you know, randomly killing people. So you have gated shopping areas like in America they have gated communities. That's right. So to, so to speak. Yes, right. And the best breakfast had high walls around it and razor wire on top of it and a, a gigantic gate because they couldn't, they, they can't afford to have these rampaging blacks come in and then you know attack their customers you know who are staying at the bed and breakfast so every business in south africa and every home in south africa especially where white people live or where white people would stay must have walls and razor wire and heavy gates around them otherwise they would not be safe (laughs) Sounds like Palestinians, you know. They're they're walled off. That's right. That's right. But this is voluntary. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, in that case, it's voluntary. Uh, You know, the the white people there uh, would be easily murdered if they did not have all of the security. Okay. In fact, one of the places I stayed at, I accidentally set off the alarm (laughs) at 5 o'clock in the morning. Unfortunately, the uh, the owner gave me the code, <laughs> which I, oh which, wow, you know, so I was able to s- shut the alarm off. Nevertheless, uh, a security guy, of course, was a black employee, knocked on the door and, and said, "Who are you?" Well, I'm I'm a guest from America. I accidentally set off the alarm, but I uh, I punched in the code and the alarm went off. And he said, "Okay, uh, please sign this form." I signed it and he left, and I never heard anything from him again. But this is the oh, way you're on the list now. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the list. Yeah, but this is the way it is. You know, so white people here in America who think that racial integration works, they better think again, because Obama is our version of Mandela, and Ferguson, Missouri, is what you can expect here in America if you don't start demanding your rights and the right of racial segregation is an absolute right that every human being has. The Bible says that we, Israel, are to be are to dwell alone 
and not be counted among the nations. The Bible absolutely forbids racial integration. And, of course, the other aspect besides the Freemasons in South Africa is the Judeo churches who have also been infiltrated and preached this racial multicultural garbage that is totally unbiblical. And so between the Freemasons, the Jews, the blacks, the communists, and the churches, and uh, sorry to say, even a lot of Afrikaners, Afrikaners being mainly pro-British whites who are prospering under the, under the ANC regime, basically being their henchmen, these are the forces arrayed against the Boer people who simply want to be left alone. Amazing. Okay. What interest, what interest do they have in wanting to take over South Africa? What is so important there they want it? Well, Well, the the obvious answer from the Christian identity perspective is that the Jews know that they are Edom. Their own encyclopedias admit it. You know, one of their encyclopedias says Esau uh, is in modern Jewry, okay? So they know, the Jews know that they're not Israel, but they're just playing this game, uh, this Jewish matrix of deceit, which begins with the big lie that the Jewish people are the Israels of the Bible. They know that we whites are Jacob Israel. And uh, when, uh, when Jacob was favored by his parents, Isaac and Rebekah, and Esau was rejected by Isaac and Rebekah, the Bible records that Esau from that moment forward hated Jacob. And that hatred still exists in all Jews today because they know that they are Esau Edom and they are trying to get revenge on behalf of their ancestor Esau. So all Jews, whether they're from the very top to the very bottom, are dedicated to proposition of exterminating the white race. And even though some people think that there are good Jews, no, the fact is that any Jew who bucks the system, bucks Edom, uh, gets the same treatment that a white person would would get. So uh, it takes a very courageous Jew to stand up and oppose this racial hatred that the Jews have for white people. And as I said earlier... You, know, you mentioned World War Three. Well, I think World War Three has already begun. In fact, you know, World War One and World War Two uh, never really ended because we had Korean War, we had the Vietnam War, we've had Somalia, we've had all kinds of, uh, you know, and we still had the Cold War going on, which is the Cold War was a war against the whites of Russia. Okay, so there's been a never-ending war against the white race being promoted by Jews, and of course, the immigration of non-whites into white countries. You can see how, how white people are faring in all formerly white countries where they're simply being murdered and raped and tortured and beaten and robbed by non-whites in every single formerly white country, thanks to the Jews. Okay? So uh, this war, World War Three, is going on right now. The people better wake up and realize. Yeah, it's in the first stages. You know, I told people that this lowering of the gasoline prices, basically, it looks good on the surface, Eli, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a war. And uh, having a war right now um, that's requiring us to go at 
great lengths. And, of course, we have to remember these people are making money as long as the barrel of oil is above $40. So they've been making these tremendous, lucrative usury prices. You know, Eli, usury is more than just charging interest, isn't it? Well, it's because uh, well, you can charge usury of all the types of commodities, you know, but it is basically interest, getting back more than what you let out. Yeah, uh, it's getting back excessive amounts of profit. Right. Uh, uh, you know, if if you're if you're gouging somebody on a price, you might be able to get away with it in this country because of the law. Uh, but morally, it's it's not right. It's usury. Yeah. So anyway, these this drop, yeah, this drop in gas. Um, it's a war that's going to end up causing us to go to war. By the way, Eli, uh, if you're available, <clears throat> we might uh, want to do this Friday again. And uh, I've got some uh, information about intelligence information from Russia that they have identified when the United States is going to attack Russia. So we need to do a, a show about this uh, engagement coming. So, Yeah. Well, l- let me just give you the intel I have about this whole situation. And yeah, go for it. The, the Saudis are the ones responsible for the drop in oil prices. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, under the, the control of, you know, their puppet masters. Yeah, well, Yes, the Saudis have, are crypto Jews. They're secret Jews, going back four or five, four or five hundred years. Oh yeah, 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 right. Five yeah. believe admitted that uh, he, he's Jewish. So uh, you know, we in identity know these things, but uh, you know, th- these are never revealed in the in the kept press, the kosher press. But the the purpose, the reason why the Saudis dropped prices was to uh, uh, negatively impact Russia. Okay. And so they're hoping to affect Russia's profit line because Russia is also a very large oil-producing and gas-producing country. And so this is what this is the reason why they're doing that. Uh, my my view is it's not going to work because Russia has many more other resources, and they're not dependent upon. They don't need to sell their oil and gas on the international market to survive. They don't need to right. do that. Okay. So that gap is not going to work. So, but for us, it's good, <laughs> right? Because our, our the gas prices are cheaper now. Okay. So, uh, well, there is something that just happened um, that's kind of scary. Uh, okay. You mind if I read it to you about this? Obama has just signed into law a new economic sanction. Um, it was it was it's uh just a few days old h r five eight five nine if you want to look it up okay by the way it's not h b it's not a bill it's a resolution h r and h b are treated the same by us but jurisdictionally they are not the same lots of that info we'll talk about later but it's entitled ukraine Freedom Support Act of 213, the 103rd Congress. <laughs> right. Now, um, a more honest title would be uh, 
Act of two fourteen. Act of two fourteen to to provoke war with Russia. Here's what it's right. here's what it's saying. This this new S, new U.S. law gives the president a new power, a new weapon, and here's what it is. If they determine that Gazprom has purportedly, not proven, but purportedly withheld gas from NATO countries, including Ukraine, and that withholding this gas from the Ukraine, Georgia, Moldova, wherever they so choose to call, oh, you shorted them, they can then order a draconian sanction on Gazprom. Now, what is that trying to do? What that means is they're trying to take over Gazprom inside Russia. This is what's going on. Okay. Now, with this bill, they can also then physically infiltrate and possibly send in troops to take over the gas company. Yeah. It's it's just, this is this is incredible. This is a re, the remarkable part of this new law gives uh, support uh, to let the CIA, you know, uh, try to topple Putin. And the Soros, by the way, foundation, which is going to be the guy that runs the Ukraine bank, uh, he financed the National Endowment for Democracy, which was the same group of idiots who ran the Euro-Maiden color revolution a few years ago and still continues today in Kiev. And you and I know those aren't nationalists. (laughs) You know, nationalists don't do that. You know, the nationalists would be doing the exact opposite of what they were doing. So we know they're not nationalists. So go ahead, Eli. Yeah, well, uh, this this is the tactic that the international Jewish oligarchs are attempting to, you know, pressurize Russia with. You know, and they're trying to impose all kinds of sanctions on Russia, as they used to do with South Africa. Actually, they're still doing that with South Africa. But South Africa is a very small country in comparison. Russia is a very big country with lots of resources. And Putin is in the same situation as the separatist regimes of South Africa, the white separatist regimes. And uh, But I think Putin is uh, in a position where uh, he's not easily overthrown. And he knows the score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's he's, too, he's too, uh, too many people love Putin in Russia. Yeah. And isn't that really what it's all about? I mean, if you're if you're a happy nation and you're satisfied, why, why you know, what business is that of the US, you know? Yeah. Big well, deal. Well, yeah. well, because we're in the world to promote democracy, which means Jewish money lending, <laughs> right? And then oh, well, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's, it's only incidental that Putin wants to get rid of the central bank in Russia because it's run by a leftover oligarch of the Bolsheviks. So, I mean, you know, that's all. And, of course, when you do that, you end up uh, like uh, JFK. You know, Kennedy tried the same thing. Well, this is what they – the reason they haven't gotten rid of Putin yet is because it's – they don't have enough control inside the government of uh, the new federation, you know, to get it done. Well, he's pro-Russian, which he – has every right to be every you know, see the the United Nations has been promoting this idea and global Jewry for many decades, if not uh, hundreds of years, that the the idea that all wars are caused by nationalism. This is an absolutely false idea. Wars are caused by Jewish bankers. 
who uh, so you've got this stable yeah. nation. Yeah, you've got a stable nation that's being uh, the central banks outside of Russia are trying to destroy. That's right. That's right. And the and the Russian people are basically saying, "Let's leave us alone." Now, a lot of people don't agree with that. You know, I I don't know why they think. Uh, that Russia had something to do with attacking Ukraine. It just blows me away. <laughs> yeah, right. you know, uh, of course, that's the media. Look who's saying it. How is this different? How is this situation in Russia different than than Africa? Why hasn't South Africa been able to stand firm like Russia? What's What do you see as different? Well, the, the number of white people in South Africa is extremely small. For example, there's only 3 million whites in South Africa. They're the ones who pay most of the taxes, and their tax money supports another 57 million blacks. Okay. Wow. So, uh, you know, the, the whites are very beleaguered in South Africa, whereas in Russia, because they have a pro-white uh, president, namely Putin, and pro-Christian president, that uh, you know, that country is now in much better shape than uh, South Africa. Of course, when South Africa had a pro-white president, uh, it was one of the top, notch, the high, one of the most highly advanced countries on the planet, and in many ways even superior to America, Britain, and uh, other European countries, with the possible exception of Germany. Okay, so uh, under under whites. South Africa was one of the top nations on the planet. Now, under the blacks, it's the rape capital of the world. It's the crime capital of the world. It's the murder capital of the world under the current black regime. Hmm. That's horrible. Yep. What's That's the future? What's, whole, what's the future for South Africa? What do you think it's going to be? Well, it's very grim, and that's the reason why I went there, because the uh, the white people, especially the religious white people, need to understand that the Bible teaches racial segregation and these Judeo churches that are influencing the the white people there to race mix are just as evil as the Freemasons, the Jews, and the communists, and the socialists, and all those other people who have been instrumental in destroying the Boer people. So the Boer people need to understand that their Bible better. Once they understand their Bible better, then they can start uh, preaching the word to other white South Africans. And, and did, you, did, you get to, did you get a, uh, Did you get any opportunities to have any meetings with people and talk uh, to them about all this? I met with a lot of people uh, in, in small groups. I was only able to publicly address one group, and uh, that group received my message very well. Okay. And uh, I was supposed to uh, have a, an audience with the Afrikaners at Blood River, but unfortunately, the, those Afrikaners uh, turned out to be run by Freemasons, and they were culturalists. And so here again, the, the Freemasons have taken over a lot of the Boer monuments, uh, when in fact, it was many Afrikaners were actually uh, working with the British to exterminate the Boer people. So what's going on is the uh, new regime, the the Jewish, uh, black racist, Freemason regime of South Africa is working overtime to destroy Boer culture. 
and uh, take over all the Boer monuments and erase the idea from the minds of the Boer people that uh, racial segregation is a, a viable alternative. Okay. So it sounds like to me they're just using the the black-white friction to destroy an entire culture in South that, Africa. That's exactly right. And that's what's happening in America, too, if you've been paying attention. How long do they have? When and, well, uh, do... I, uh, my position is because the Bible clearly tells us that when we obey Yahweh's laws, he will take care of our enemies. And their churches are not teaching this. Their churches are teaching the exact opposite. And the churches there are actually instruments of Freemasonry, just as they are here in America. The the Judeo churches are essentially preaching Judaism and Freemasonry, and Christians actually think that it's the Bible. <laughs> but it's not the Bible. It's made-up doctrine that has nothing to do with Scripture. It's actually a total, totally ant- antithetical to what the Bible teaches. Jesus said, I come not but only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He said, I'm, I'm, I only come for the Israelites. I don't come for anybody else. Okay. So these houses, these houses of Israel are starting to collapse. Like uh, this one's just in its death throes, it sounds like. Right. right. Well, the Bible says only a remnant will survive. You know, just as uh, you had this disagreement with uh you were telling me on the phone today you had this disagreement with, uh, you know, a so-called, well, he's a preacher who uh, rejects Christian identity. Mm-hmm. There's going to be, you know, a mass resurgence of, uh, you know, a common resurgence against the, the Jews, etc. Well, it's not going to happen because only a remnant will survive. Yahweh is cleaning house, and he's using our enemies to do the house cleaning. So what he's doing is only those of us who accept his law, which includes racial segregation, will get into the kingdom. The rest are going to die horrific deaths if they don't get in line with with what the Bible teaches. And so this is the message I was going to bring to the South Africans. And the reason, and in one place I was able to address several, uh, the reason why white South Africans are suffering so much right now is because they've abandoned God's laws. Wow. Okay. And a lot of them ain't going to want to hear that, but that's what I, you know, that's what I teach. So it's a shame. You know, even the Jews themselves are saying they're not Israelites now. I mean, it's <laughs> right. just, it's, right. it's right. In, I mean, it's right in the open. I mean, when that uh, report from John Hopkins came out, Netanyahu had a group study it, and they came back and reported, hey, boss, we're not the ancient Israelites. Right, and he even, he even admitted that their ancient homeland was in Ukraine, namely Old Khazaria, <laughs> right? And so that's when it ramped up to, to they wanted to take, uh, apparently there's about 400,000 Khazarians in the West Bank, and they wanted to move that 400,000 plus some more into the Crimea Peninsula, and when Russia took that, because the people in Crimea voted to become part of Russia, it miffed them off. They had a little hissy fit. As I understand it, um, Hillary Clinton had a remodeling job. Uh, I mean, she had a little hissy fit. Things were flying. I thought that'd be kind of funny to see that. I, I would have loved to have seen that uh, 
right. person going crazy, you know, see her go crazy. Uh, the the then what we're really seeing is the collapse that uh, comes from the abandonment of our faith. Yes, absolutely. Whew. This is what got us into trouble before. This is why we got hauled yeah, off to Babylon, hauled off to Syria, got hauled off to, you know, hey, name one of those places. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know. It's very important that people understand that the American Revolution was preceded by uh, just such an evangelicalism, which preached that because uh, the colonies were going through hell. There was all kinds of chaos. The colonies weren't getting along with each other. There was chaos within the colonies. The cities were uh, basically immoral. But there was a revival that occurred, which uh, were several preachers, including George W. Whitehead. I might have Mm -hmm. the wrong initial. George Whitehead and many others began to preach God's law that uh, we need we Americans need to return to God's law. Of course, they didn't call themselves Americans yet, but the colonists need to return to God's law. And there was a revival of Yahweh's laws in the colonies. And that's what led to the American Revolution. Because and I said Thomas Jefferson. We, we beat the British. We would not have been able to beat the British <laughs> without no, no. help. Well, uh, I said it was Thomas Jefferson at the Boston Tea Party, and it was not. It was uh, Samuel Adams. Sorry about that. Oh, right. Uh, Well, yeah, but nevertheless, you know, Thomas Jefferson, you know, his intellect, and, of course, that of Thomas Paine, which were were the intellectual leaders, along with Benjamin Franklin, uh, of the American Revolution. But even before then, it was the preachers. And uh, nobody knows about the black robe regiment. It was the uh, the uh, militia. It was the preachers of America who were simultaneously militiamen, who would preach their sermons in their in their churches with their black robes on, and underneath their black robes they had their militia uniforms on. Well, you know, it was in a church where Patrick Henry got up and said, "Give me liberty or death." You know that that was in a church where he said yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, so now what's happened to these Judeo-Christian pulpit masters today? They're teaching the exact Well, if you, if you got up and said that in the church today, they'd, they'd escort you out, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, or, or Yahweh would smite them. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me quote Deuteronomy chapter 7, because this is, this is where the rubber hits the road in verses uh, 1 and 2. Uh, Yahweh tells us about the you know the various nations that we're supposed to destroy, and I'll just name them real quickly: the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, from whom the Jews are derived, the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And then in verse two he says, "You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them." Now these are very specific nations. And you and I have done several shows proving that these nations have Nephilim blood. They're descended from the fallen angels. Exactly, exactly. And we weren't to defile the covenant by genetic connection to the Adamic, to Adam, because once that's broken, you have no covenant. Right. Well, that's exactly what the children of Lucifer 
totally understand that they oh yeah they, they do destroy our <laughs> DNA, then they can destroy God's children here on the earth. Okay, and that's and that's why I say it's really not a multicultural world they want. The, the, the word you called. used, the world, you, the word, what would you use? Monocultural? Monoculture. Yeah, that's what it really is. Right. Now, let's continue here. Uh, verse 3, neither shall you make marriages with them. Your daughter shall not give to his son, nor his daughter shall you take to your son. For they will turn away your son from following me, that they may serve other gods. What's happening today? These churches that are <laughs> teaching monoculture are actually destroying the culture of true Israel through intermarriage. That's exactly what they're teaching. Okay? The Bible absolutely forbids this. Now, well, let's, 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 let's pretend like that wasn't even said. Then let's <laughs> pretend like that wasn't even the Bible. Right. Why would it be so wrong to want to stay in your own race? They want to even, they want us they imply no they don't imply they explicitly say yes that you wanting to stay in your own race is wrong and right. you staying in your own neighborhood with your own kind of culture with your own race of people is a uh, bigot being a bigot well come on give me a break well here let's go look at history the only time uh, any ra- any nation has ever become great it's when its people were of a true monoculture, okay? When they did not integrate with others. You look at white history in Europe, in America, in Australia, in South Africa. White people left to themselves produce high civilization. When uh, we start integrating with other nations, with other races, our civilization deteriorates. It's okay. it's it's a literal. I mean, it's scientific. It's a scientific fact. It's a historical. It's an fact. attack. It's it's literally attack. Uh, I uh, we're the only ones that don't know this is an attack because we've been so brainwashed and gullible to their brainwashing. Right. Um, yeah. they, they take and, advantage uh, of white people's sympathy for the underprivileged, now, which is our. It's more, it's an asset, and yeah, that's more, a two-edged sword. Yeah, right, right. Well, but see. The Bible forbids taking from uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul. It forbids <laughs> communism. It forbids the welfare state. Yet it, now, if you want to bless, if, if you want to bless somebody by gifting them, you know, like if uh, a neighbor breaks his leg and it's harvest time and you help him, that's one thing. Right. But being forced to give him anything, uh, that's called right. anything but uh, moral. Yeah, you know. that is absolutely forbidden by the Bible. You cannot extort from one person to bribe another person. That's extortion. That's not charity. Mm-hmm. That's extortion. Okay. Now, the important consideration for us as Israelites is what is the solution to our problem. Okay. Exactly. What is okay. the solution, Eli? Okay. This is also. I, I think this is important. Go ahead. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7 contains the whole picture. It expresses the nature of the problem, and it gives the solution. Verse 11, you shall therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command you this day to do them. Wherefore, it shall come to pass, if you hearken to these judgments and keep them and do them, that Yahweh your Elohim shall keep to you the covenant and the mercy 
which he swore to your fathers. Okay? Mm. Is that plain enough? <laughs> Is that plain enough? Okay. Let's, uh, let's I'm not continue. sure. What do you What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, if we obey his law, he might just be on our side, right? Let's go first 13, 14, and 15. And he will love you and bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your land, your corn and your wine and your oil, the increase of your cattle and the flocks of your sheep in the land which he swore to your fathers to give you. You shall be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And Yahweh will take away from you all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which you know, upon you, but will lay them upon all them that hate you. Eli, if, if we, we have two kinds of, of judgments. We have corporate, and I don't mean by that by a corporation. I mean corporate, uh, nationwide judgments. Right. And then we have individual sentences or judgments. In other words, when Israel was hauled off into captivity and Daniel was a prophet, he participated in the corporate punishment that the nation got, but personally, because he was obedient, he was protected. I mean, they tried to throw him in the lion's den. They tried doing all kinds of stuff to him, and they weren't successful in getting him killed because he was personally obedient. The nation of America, as far as I can see, and being on this planet a few decades more than most people, I believe that America is going to suffer a corporate punishment. And you and I, Eli, are going to be in there. <laughs> But personally, I don't want to be in that level of, of – of, uh, I want to be like a Daniel. I, I'm not even close to it. But I want to, I want to be like Daniel. I want, to be, uh, I want to be with my people. I don't want to run off to you know, the Caribbean or something. Mm-hmm. But I know that the nation – I know the nation I'm in. And I know that all the Western nations – so that means Scotland – England, Ireland, uh, Germany, uh, France, you name it, uh, wherever they're at, we're at. We're going to have this corporate punishment. And I think it's, I think we're going to be blistered bad. I mean, I think it's going to be the World War III judgment is going to be it. Well, uh, on my website, uh, on my website, anglo-saxonisrael.com, is uh, the vision uh, that General George Washington had at Valley Forge, in which he foresaw uh, three major developments of America. Number one, he foresaw the expansion of America from coast to coast, which came true very shortly thereafter. He also foresaw the Civil War, which uh, he said there would be a, a war between brother and brother caused by a black cloud coming from Africa. Wow. Okay. All right. That's the vision he saw. And then he said a third uh, a third event in America would be he foresaw a red cloud. And that's red, the red Bolsheviks then, that's I guess. That's right. Jewish Bolshevism in mm-hmm. which the nation would be engaged in hand-to-hand fighting 
in all the streets of the nation. Oh, boy. I got to get that sword. I had a guy, he, he was making, he asked me what my arm length was, <laughs> how wide my hands were, how long my arms were, how, what from shoulder to all this kind of stuff. And he's no. making me a Damascus sword. Okay. And uh, it sounds like I probably ought to send yeah. him some food and swap for that sword. Now, these are expensive <laughs> dudes, but... I guess if you're cutting off heads, it's you know as a high. Yeah. I'm a Highlander, so if I'm going right. to cut off some heads, I better make sure that sword's pretty sturdy, yeah. huh? Yeah, that's right. Well, see, it's it's interesting because you and I get along really well, even though you're a Highlander. I'm a Lowlander from uh, Central <laughs> Germany. You know, the Schwarzbach. Okay. Oh well, so, hey. Uh, it proves we can get along, <laughs> right? But of course. <laughs> Have, that's the way it's uh, supposed to be, right? <laughs> that's the way it's supposed to be. Hey, if and, I had a daughter and you had a son, we're supposed to make those kind of things happen, right? That's right. That's right. That's the way it's supposed to work. Now, it's interesting that even in South Africa, I met very many Boers who uh, have the same attitude that I do, namely, never again will the white race be, be maneuvered into fighting another white nation in a war. The Jews have done this to us many, many times, and we will resist to the death another war which pits white nation against white nation. Okay? It's bad enough that we're, the Jews have created these wars where white people die fighting Muslims and Afghans and what have you. Okay? These are simply wars that have been staged by the international Jew for the purpose of exterminating the white race. Now, they're using their proxy armies, and you know as well as I do that ISIS is run by Jews. You know that Al-Qaeda is a Jewish agency. Do you know okay. they just passed and voted themselves in a budget? Uh, <laughs> two, get this, a $2 billion budget. Now, how do you make get that kind of money? Yeah, right. Well, you can borrow it from a Jew banker. <laughs> well, they just set up their new banking system, the central bank that they're going to use in yeah. uh, Mosul, M-O-S-U-L, the whatever, yeah. however you say that. Um, but isn't it interesting that a lot of the people, and many, many of them are European that are in ISIS. And by the way, yeah. they've just they've shortened their name. They are now I-S, not okay. ISIS, just I-S. So... Yeah, in other words, they're Israeli stooges, is what they are. (laughs) Uh, Hamas was also created by the Israelis. The Wahhabi sect, the first modern militant sect of Islam, was created by the Mossad. The Mossad's uh, very active. Yeah. Over the global crossing fiber, under the the, uh, Mediterranean, into Israel is where all the money... Uh, well, digits from a computer. I don't know what that how that equates to real, yeah, fake money was what was used to uh, to fund ISIS. So really, there is only one answer to having that much money, and that's the central banks that started right. the gum group. I mean, does, do any of these kosher uh, uh, prostitutes ask the question, "Where is this money coming from"? Do they ever ask such questions? No, they don't. They just, you know, you're allowed to assume, well, maybe some oil sheiks are donating their money. No, it's coming from Jewish banksters, from Jewish criminals. 
that's where it's coming from. So, so, every, um, yeah. so what do you see uh, coming? Uh, really, then, if we're if we're having this um, uh, picture from Washington, basically, right. he said this red horde was. Uh, so point, that's yeah. the next. That's the next well, one coming. I I compare it to the Civil War. It's going to be so. Our Civil War was uh, there was a clear line of demarcation between the North and South. This mm-hmm. time, it's it's going to be. You know, brainwashed liberals against white conservatives. And so there'll be smaller pockets, and it'll be right. uh, left, right, behind be you, no front line. Yeah, oh, there yeah, there won't be a, ge- a geographical line. It's going to happen in your community. You better get ready to be prepared to kill white liberals as well as invading blacks and Latinos who mean to kill you, Okay. Now, the way I think this is going to work out is that I think the blacks and Latinos are actually going to start killing each other first. So all it takes, Doc, all it takes is for the welfare checks to bounce. One oh, boy. Time. Okay. You, you saw what happened in uh, Louisiana, in, in New Orleans, Hurricane Katrina. And oh. Those blacks had no money. You saw what happened well, it- there. Well, the police were running in and stealing stuff. That yeah, was, well, you know, they, they keep on, you know, these blacks in Ferguson, Missouri, keep on asking for black police officers. Well, we saw what those black police officers did in New Orleans. They were robbing the stores just like the other blacks were. <laughs> okay? Yeah, well, this it's what true. What happens yes. when you have black people running? Uh, you know, the blacks can't even run a McDonald's, let, let alone a country. I, so I would is, have Go ahead. This, this is what we're asking for if we allow this multicultural, and, and you know, I know it's a lie. You know, for, for example, we only have a few minutes left, but there's mm-hmm. no, in nature, hyenas do not mate with, uh, you know, with uh, I'm trying to think of another species of dog uh, uh, in, uh, in the African veldt. Uh, it just well, dogs happen. don't get with horses. Right and, and and sheep don't get with pigs. With you know they just don't they just don't do that stuff. You know, no, there's no such thing as race mixing in nature. It's only brought about by Jews encouraging whites to race mix themselves out of existence. Why? And isn't it only the the you know humanoid people are expected to amalgamate into a single race? It's and of ridiculous. course, and of course, Eli, it's. It's not limited to people. They're doing plants, GMO foods. Right. And and so they're tinkering with the DNA of everything on the planet. And that's exactly what the fallen angels did in the Old Testament. Jeez. Eli, it's been a pleasure having you today. I'm glad you're back from South Africa, at least in uh, mostly all one piece, I guess. <laughs> right. And... Uh, uh, let's uh, let's uh, get together and uh, uh, plan some subversive free meeting. Okay, there you know go. where That's we right. have free free yeah, we, speech. You need to do that. You need to do that. <laughs> hey, very good. All right, Doc. It might it, it might it might be good for uh, us to do that before it all hits the fan. Maybe uh, this spring or something. So. Yeah, maybe we can go into Branson or something where it's kind of neutral. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll we'll have to find a place where you know because if the Jews find out that we're meeting, you know they'll burn the place down. <laughs> <laughs> so this ha- this would have to be very secret. Okay. So if anybody has a building they'd like to land and get insurance money on, let us know. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll do the Silverstein or, trip. Or if you don't mind if it burns down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, All right. Uh, well, thanks a lot. It's yeah, it's been our thanks. pleasure. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, this uh, Friday, uh, we're going to do a show. I'm going to do a show based on uh, the predictions for World War III that's coming out of Russia, that's uh, coming from um, uh, sources inside Russia, and uh, we're going to try and figure this all out. Uh, we've got lots of lots. I mean, we have lots of stuff. Soros literally is involved because of his involvement in Ukraine now. We're going to get into that Friday, and we're going to talk about some predictions. And, folks, you know how you are experiencing the benefit of low gasoline prices right now? We're seeing people go to the pumps with 55-gallon barrels. (laughs) Uh, If you can do it, I guess that's a smart thing, but gasoline's kind of hard to keep stable over a long period of time. Uh, that's why we like uh, the food the uh, food idea. Of course, you know, a little bit of gas uh, be better than none, I guess. But what I'm getting at is um, it's affecting people's budgets. It's helping their budget. But I'm going to I'm going to say this and I'm predicting that this is going to be a short-lived benefit uh, soon in the future. All hell is going to break loose, and that gas may not be. Uh, you'd be you'd be lucky to get it at five dollars a gallon. It's been my pleasure being with you today. We'll see you um, Friday, Thursday, tomorrow. I start a a alternative health broadcast. You can go to Simply Your Food. No, no, no. You can go to simplyyourfood.com if you want. <laughs> But go to simplyyourhealth.com to listen to Thursday's broadcast of um, Simply Your Health. And we'll be going over alternative health and some of the neat things going on. It's going to be once a week. If you go there, you can look at the schedule. It's been my pleasure being with you. I'll talk to you real soon. Goodbye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.